Praise the Lord. Well, tonight's message is in some ways kind of a continuance of this morning. So if it feels like I re-preach something to you, just just bear with me. There's there's some good stuff here tonight. So, um, But we may have to recap a little to get back to where we were when we left off. So y'all just hang on for a minute. Uh, turn to Job chapter 42. The title of the message is In the Presence of God. Job chapter 42, we're going to start reading in verse 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. You know, this the scripture that we're reading here is after Job has seen God and God has spoken to him. And in the presence of God, he just he felt the need just to repent because of the state he's in, you know. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, and I just I seek your anointing right now. I ask that you just send your anointing into this place and let it rest upon me that I may speak as I ought to speak and speak boldly and clearly. And Lord, I just ask this in Jesus' name right now. And I bind the hand of Satan, Father, as he would try to work any sort of division or confusion right now. And I just ask that you just keep him at bay for the next few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> you know, when we're in the presence of God, we, all of our, our flaws, our inadequacies, every, every place that we lack just becomes evident. And you know, you'll see several instances in the Bible, and I may share some more with you of, of those in a minute, I don't know, but... Uh, there's several instances in the Bible where someone would come into the presence of God and, and what do they do? They just immediately begin to repent and confess their sins to God. Now why do they do that? Well, you know, this morning we talked about how, how God is just perfect. And when you're in that, the presence of that kind of perfection and power, all of those things just become evident and, and they've got to get out of there. You've got to get rid of them so that, so that you can just bear to be there in His presence. And whatever minimal form that the glory is that you're in, you know, because I don't think you could withstand the, the full thing, you still have to cleanse yourself. You have to be cleansed in order to, to be there with Him. So as I was looking into this, you know, this, this thought just came into my mind about being in the presence of God and how and how that affects us. And what I thought of, and y'all can y'all can take this and relate it to your life however you see fit. But I thought of the times that maybe I've worked on a car or done a little bit of carpentry or, or plumbing or something like that. And then somebody comes along behind me that knows way more about it than I do. 
And you know, before they even say anything, what's going through my head? Oh man, I forgot to do that. I should have done this a different way. That thing I've been putting off, and you know, I hadn't changed my tires on my car. I've been putting it off. I need to change my oil. He's, he's going to notice all of this stuff, you know. Because I know that, you know, if you take your car to a mechanic, they, they see this stuff every day. They see things wrong with your car that you don't even know are there. But the things you do know are there, you're like, oh man, I should have took care of that. He's going to know I'm not taking car, my, care of my car right. That's the first thing I start thinking about. It's the same way when we get in the presence of God. You know, all of that stuff that we know has been there. We've been just kind of letting it hang around. You know, I'll get get, get to that later. All of a sudden, you want to clean up house, don't you? Just like an unexpected guest shows up, you've got to run around clean house real quick. But it's the same way you get in God's presence and, and all of that stuff becomes evident. You know, we can sit around in a dirty house for a week and not notice it. And all of a sudden somebody shows up and oh, the house is a wreck. Why have we been sitting here in all this? But our lives are the same way. We'll sit there and we'll allow that, that just for lack of a better word, trash to stay in our life until we take the time to, to try to get in the presence of God on Sunday and all of a sudden, oh man, I, I'm lacking in so many areas. There's so much of this stuff I've got to get rid of. And I find myself at the feet of the Master, the perfect one. And there I am. With all my faults, all my, my inabilities to do anything, everything that uh, about me that's wrong that you don't see in Him is just very apparent to each of us anyway. And it is to Him. You know, I talked to you this morning about the way we view each other is different from the way God sees us because He sees us from perfection. We see each other from the perspective that we have faults and so do you. I can point out what yours may be and you can see what mine are. But we can justify those things. Because we can identify. But see, God's not going to justify it. Because He's seeing from a different perspective. But you know, sometimes when we start looking at each other, we start feeling pretty good about ourselves. Because we think, well, they're in far worse shape than I am. Man, I'm glad I don't have all those problems. I'm glad, I don't, I'm, glad I'm not that kind of person. You know... We start getting a little bit of this uh, attitude that we're somehow better than other people, don't we? And y'all can sit there and think that, well, that doesn't apply to me all you want to, but that's evidence that it does. I guarantee you at some point in your life you have thought to yourself, man, I'm sure glad I ain't got that kind of problem. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For I say through grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, 
according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So you see, we're all sinners saved by grace. Just because I may on the outside appear to be in better shape than somebody else, I'm still a sinner. You know, the Word tells us that if you've kept the law in every point but one, you're still a sinner. You can do everything right and you mess up in one place, and that's it. So you see, it doesn't matter how good I think I am, or how bad I think you are, we're on the same plane. The only thing that can differentiate us is, am I covered by the blood or not? Do I have the shed blood of Jesus applied to my account? That's the only thing. But we've got, we need to try to keep this certain attitude that I want to talk to you about. You see, I don't know what kind of experiences you have had as far as dealing with God. But there have been times that I have came down to the altar and prayed. And it's like somebody had to just hose me down because of the, the shape my soul was in. Now, I was saved, I was a Christian, but I had allowed so many other things in my life for so long that I needed to be cleansed. I needed to be washed and made clean and made whole. And that I told you this morning that is a painful process. But you know when you when you stay down there and you go through that process of repenting and, and the crying and the blowing snot and everything else, purifying yourself, there's a point where the grace of God comes in. There's a point where where it, it feels like he's just he's just bending over and giving you a hug, and everything that you just went through becomes minute. There was one point, and listen, anytime I share something like this with you, I'm not trying to brag. I just want to share my experience with you. But there was one point where. I had kind of been out of I was I was serving God but I hadn't really been seeking to be in his presence. Does that make sense? You understand what I mean? You know, I was doing what I ought to be doing. I was diligently serving God. I just really hadn't had a desire to be in his presence. And so that time came when I decided yeah, I need to get back there again. I need to get another taste of that. If you've ever had a taste, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I got down there and we began to pray. And this man laid hands on me. And the Holy Spirit came into that place. I don't know if anybody else felt anything because I didn't hear nobody else except me and God. And it was like waves just came in. You know how you ever watch the ocean? You ever stood on the beach and just watched the wave come in? And go out. That's how it was. The Holy Spirit came into that place and just began, I could just feel it come over me. And then it would go out. It was the most awesome thing I've ever felt. 
And when it would come, it, I just couldn't contain myself as far as my praise to God. And then it would just leave and there would be silence. But you see, you can't get to a place like that until you have rid yourself of all those little things. You know, I didn't just get up and walk down there and boom, it was there. No, I got up and I went down there. Luckily, at this point in time, there wasn't a whole lot of repenting I had to do. You see, you can keep yourself in a, in a position that you are ready to be in the presence of God. Luckily, I was there. I had to do a little praying. I had to clear everything else out of my mind and focus on God. But the presence of God just came. Now, why am I telling you all this? Well, some of you don't have a clue of what I'm talking about. And there's nothing wrong with that. You may not have ever seen it before. Hopefully, if you stay here long enough, you'll see something like that. It ain't nothing to be afraid of. It's nothing to, to wonder, what's everybody going to think of me? Hopefully, they're all going to be down here doing the same thing. And I'm not one to think, well, I'm, I'm looking for the opportunity to start jumping some benches. I'm not looking for that. Sometimes I question whether that stuff is even, even on track. But the point is, when you get in the presence of God, there's two ways it can go down. You can spend your time trying to get to that point where you can feel the glory, or you can just enter in. So you have to make the choice. How do I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life just hanging on to that little bit, getting by? Or do I want to stay ready and prepared to enter into the presence of God at any given point? Listen, it may happen going down the road. There's been times I've had to pull over in the car because I was not able to drive at that point because God's presence was in the car so strong. It can happen anywhere. You just have to be prepared. You have to prepare. Listen, this takes effort. This isn't something that just happens. It doesn't just come about because you're in the right place at the right time. You have to mentally prepare yourself and spiritually prepare yourself and earnestly desire to be in God's presence. He will never strong arm you. He will never force Himself upon you. This isn't some domestic squabble that you see where, where some man has, has had his way with a woman. No, it's nothing like that. God will not ever uh, decide that you this is the right time whether you like it or not. He doesn't do that. He doesn't go where He's not welcome. Turn over to Jude. I'm going to read you a little bit here. Well, I love the book of Jude. Jude, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, why is he telling you that? 
because it's something that you have to do in order to stay there. You have to keep yourself there. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. See, some people, compassion's all they need for them to respond. You want somebody to, to turn a corner in their life and decide to serve God? Well, some people, all you got to do is show them a little love. <clears throat> and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That guy I told you about today that said, well, just go to hell then. See, that, that's the kind of tactic it takes sometimes to get people to wake up and realize that's where I'm headed if I don't change my path. And others save with, fire, pull, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto them, unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present your faultless, present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Now look at verse 24. You know, there's no telling how many times I've read the book of Jude. And I just saw this tonight. Verse 24, he says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. You see, you will be presented faultless before God. You can do it now, and you can enjoy the presence of God in this life, or you can just hang on to that little bit and keep some of them faults and go on into His kingdom as a Christian, but you're going to be clean then. And you missed out on all the blessing that He had for you here but you're going to be presented faultless before Him. Because, like I've told you, when you come into His presence, something's got to change. You know, we're fortunate enough to be, to be allowed to accept Jesus as our Savior. We're fortunate enough to have His blood cover us and wash away those sins. Not only wash them away, but... You know, sometimes just washing them away ain't enough. Sometimes you've got to have this covering because we're so imperfect. You know, we may come down here and repent and get forgiven, and before we get to our seat, we man, look at how she's dressed today. And you know, you ain't even got five feet past the past the first few pews, and you've already sinned again. So that blood that Jesus shed. He covers us. And from God's perspective, we're, we're faultless. That's how He sees us. He sees us through Jesus. You see, that, that doorway that the Bible talks about, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. Well, I want you to understand it's a two-way street. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, that's how God comes to you then. Because He won't have any, any part of sin in your life. Unless you're perfect. Is anybody perfect? 
No. I don't care how good a life you live, there's, there's something wrong. That's just the nature of the thing. So you see, God looks at us through Jesus. He sees us through that shed blood. But in order to be presented faultless, there's a whole lot of cleaning that has to take place. If you consider yourself to be a Christian tonight, there's a cleaning process that's already began. And when you leave this life, you know, I ain't going to say that whoever's a Christian, God's going to keep you here till you're cleaned and then you're going to be perfect and, and die. That's not how it works either. But when you leave this life, I promise you, if you've <clears throat> desired to serve God and you've diligently sought Him, sought after Him, you're going to be a whole lot cleaner than you were when you first started. That's just the way it works. That's simple to understand. But just remember, you've got to be faultless when you come before God. If you pull all this together, what this means is you can't stay the way you are today. You just can't do it. I mean, well, you can. You can make that choice and say, I like the way I am right now. But there's going to come a point where you've got to change because that Scripture just told you that you will be presented faultless before God. So what I want you all to do tonight is, and I'm going to invite you down here in just a minute, I want you to start looking at yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. Think about you. Don't sit there and think, well, yeah, they need to go down there and pray. Think about yourself right now. The way you are. If you were to meet Jesus right now. If He was standing outside the door when we leave this place. Is that the way you want to meet Him? I ain't talking to non-Christians right now. Maybe in a minute. But right now I'm talking about those of you that claim to be a Christian. Is that the way you want to meet God? I don't. I don't want God to look at me the way I am right now and say, okay, that's all you got? No, I want Him to look at me, and you know, y'all have heard this scripture many times where He says, come on in, thou good and faithful servant. There's only one way that's going to happen, and that's by the continual washing of the blood of Jesus. Continually being made white. So what I want you to do tonight and you do as you feel. If you feel like you don't need to, that's fine. You stay where you are. I'm not trying to make anybody feel uncomfortable, but I want you to examine yourself and say, am I where I want to be? And if not, you need to come down to the altar tonight. You need to spend however long it takes. Look, I live right next door. If I, got if I get tired, I'll go home and wait on you. 
This place will stay open all night. It don't matter. You spend however long it takes down here getting to that faultless point. Because you can do it right here. You don't have to go home faultless. I mean, with faults tonight. Now, you, you'll get more as time goes by. I'm not trying to tell you that this is the point of perfection. But you don't have to go home the way you are right now. You can be in the presence of God in this place tonight. You know, you don't really feel a whole lot of spirit moving right now. But there's a reason. You see, God's trying to get your attention. Brother John, would you come tonight? You see, the way you are right now is simply not good enough when you're in His presence. I'm not trying to beat up on y'all tonight. I fit the bill. I'm right there with you. So if y'all want to come pray tonight, I ask that you just come and pray.